Shall we begin? <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome. Um, Happy New Year again. We're still in the month of January, so I'm going to say Happy New Year until we move on into February because it's a new year, new day. Welcome to the Luncheon with Lisa show. And I'm going to go straight into um, the show because I know we have a full house this evening. And I want to get everybody's bios, some information with who we have um, on the stage with us. And then we're going to get into some conversations because most of this crew, actually right now, everybody who's here with us was here with us last year for a back to school show. And since it's time to go back to school after the holidays, I figured what better time than to bring them back. So let me start off with thanking everybody for joining Luncheon with Lisa. We come on every Thursday, 7 to 8. Um, and I'm looking forward to what 2021 is going to bring everybody. And this was perfect um, for January since the, the kids are either going back or they're starting another semester or quarter or whatever it is. Um, so we want to talk about what happened, how things went, lessons learned and all that good stuff. So let me tell you a little bit about who we have with us and then we'll go into talking about some things. So I want to first introduce Dr. Tashika Green. She's an influential educator, transformational coach, thought-provoking speaker, visionary, 15-time best-selling author, and more. Dr. Tashika Green leaves her audience transformed, inspired, energized, and renewed. Her competency in education, servant leadership, and transformational coaching influences personal influences personal, professional, and leadership development in the individual she meets, teaches, and reaches. Because of her com competency with bringing coherence to improving people, culture, systems, and structures, Dr. Green is sought after by many. With over 20 years experience as an educator and viewing leadership, not as a title or position, but a calling with the greater purpose allowed Dr. Green to birth to everything there is a season inc comprising the, of the following the deborah c offer bulging business and leadership development institute to everything there is a season publishing the deborah c offer bulging memorial foundation women of virtue walking in excellence signature by william green and i am a qt queen in training serving as the founder president and chief executive officer her focus is on how she can help and make situations better for everyone she teaches, reaches, and meets. Um, Dr. Green is married to William Green Sr. and they have three beautiful children, Marquise, Michaela, and William Jr. So welcome, Dr. Tashika. Thank welcome you. Back. Thank you. Glad to be back. Thank you so much. And we also have Mr. Alfonso Giles. He is the director of instrumental music at um, Dr. Henry A. Wise near high school in Upper Marlboro, Maryland. Prior, Giles was the director of bands at Frederick Douglass High School, Upper Marlboro for 16 years, former minister of music at the Temple of Praise Ministries in Washington, DC. Giles supervises staff of eight with full responsibility for all music operations. 
Alfonso Giles holds several degrees, including ed, education, and I'm not sure if I'm saying that S right, educational leadership, um, organizational leadership, BM in music education, and an AA in jazz studies. Um, a retired first lieutenant in the United States Army Reserves. He is a percussion player skilled in both drums and piano. Um, so we want to welcome Mr. Giles to the show. Welcome back. Thank you. It is great to be in the house and I'm excited. I know that's right. <laughs> so we also want to welcome Ms. Crystal Montague. Um, she is an Associate Director of Customer Service and Insights at S&P Global. And in this role, she's responsible for opening the Global Customer Experience and Insights Program, transforming the company to a customer-centric culture and developing strategies to drive business growth. Crystal has an extensive professional experience in the areas of customer service, business and product development, product management, and utilizing Six Sigma methodologies to drive operational excellence. Please welcome Crystal to the show. Hello, everyone. And we, uh, in addition, we have another person that joined us last time, Councilman Andrew Kruski. He is a member council, a county council, Anne Arundel Mill, I think this is Anne Arundel County, representing District 4 since December 1st of 2014, serving as chair from December 3rd, 2018 to December 2nd of 2019, and a member of the Board of Health in Anne Arundel County to, since 2014. He's also a member of the Board of Appeals in Anne Arundel County from 2006 to 2009, and he's a member of the Board of Education at large, Anne Arundel County, 2009 to 2000. 14 president from 2012 to 2013. He was born in Matavia, New York, and attended Ni Ni Niagara University with a BA in history. He has a social, he was a social studies teacher at Frederick Douglass High School in Prince, Prince George's County from 2001 to 2005, and supervisor of assessment, Department of Research, Accountability and Assessment. Baltimore County Public High School and uh, Public Schools in 2005 through 14. He's also a supervisor of internal internal assessment department of testing with Prince George's County Public Schools from 2014 and so much more. He is a busy man, um, and he's also a coach and volunteer um, at Gambrels. Is that how you say Gambrels? Um, Odington Recreation Council and married with three children. Welcome again to the show and we will introduce we may have another guest that comes on so we'll catch her up when she joins us but welcome everybody to the luncheon with lisa show all right thank you and welcome back i think on, on a previous show i've switched gears a little bit so we fancied up some things a little bit but um we actually were talking about coming sending the kids back to school. And we had a lot of concerns because coronavirus was here. Some of the kids were doing virtual learning. Some were possibly going back in person. So we just kind of talked about all of those kind of things that were going on and how we were going to approach, you know, going forward. So we had educators, teachers, parents, as we still have on the show, because I wanted to bring all of you back um and talk about what happened how things went what are some lessons learned and what we're going to do going forward because now we're you know things change it's been since what august or september and now we're dealing with new strands um some things are the same some things are different so 
let's talk about it. What's some, what are some things that you learned and, you know, what happened? So let's start with um, Councilman Andrew Prusky. Can you share with us a little bit about what happened? How, how did things go? Sure, sure. Well, if we look regionally throughout the state, uh, we've seen obviously an increase in case counts when we talk about the bubble. Uh, particularly after the holidays, we saw this huge positivity rate. Obviously, deaths uh, in Maryland and also nationwide have really expanded. And as far as the school systems, both Prince George's and Arundel Howard, I mean, you can name it. Um, it's been a struggle, obviously, to try to get folks back for health and safety reasons. Obviously, in a building and trying to make sure that students are safe, parents are safe, uh, but also the educational experience uh, has been a challenge. The one thing I do want to mention, though, I think that's positive that we're hearing and we're seeing is the vaccine is starting to be administered. Um, certainly the challenge with that is we have a need, but there's definitely not uh, the, the supply and quantity. So as we move forward, that's going to be what we're watching, right? That will be a great indicator uh, as we move forward to see if that vaccine not only is successful in distribution, but also in success in terms of making sure that people prevent the disease from spreading. Um, so overall, again, I know there's some other experiences here. Uh, we, we certainly are continuing that effort to try and keep people safe. Uh, but also at some point as the vaccine continues and the school system become prepared. Uh, we're going to see our children back at school. The question is, is what model and how? And I know some of the other folks will share that today. So thank you. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Yeah, because um, there are some pending questions with what happens next, including with that vaccine, because the kids are, you know, where they fit into that mold, how that works, all of that good stuff. So, Crystal, you were one of our parents represented the last time. So tell us a little bit about what that experience was with your little one. So, so far, it, it, an experience it definitely has been. So I am a first time parent of Prince George County. I have two beautiful little girls. I have a four-year-old and now a six-year-old. So my six-year-old is in kindergarten this year and my four-year-old is in daycare. And it has been a struggle. Um, mm -hmm. We started out the school year. I kept both of them home. Um, then I sent my four-year-old to daycare tried to see if I could do, you know, having my six-year-old home while I'm working and it just was impossible. I applaud parents who can manage both, but I know just in my day-to-day, -day, I could be on a calls from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. back to back to back. So it just was not conducive for us. So I did find a learning center where she does go today and I applaud the learning center. They're definitely do everything they can. She's in a class of I want to say like six to eight children who are in the K through second grade. And then they have another section for kids who are more in like third through fifth grade. Um, so they are doing the best they can. But I definitely see the difference when it comes to children who are at a center like my child mm -hmm. versus children who are home. Because I know, you know, I, I, I'm definitely a helicopter ish. I'm not going to say complete <laughs> helicopter parent helicopter light, I will say that, <laughs> parent. And there are times where if I don't have a conference call, like, oh, let me just dial into her class and see what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so I have seen where, you know, my child, you know, ha unfortunately she has to have a mask on all day. So she's sitting there, she's fidgety. And then I'll hear like another child and hear the parent in the background, answer the question, answer the question. So <laughs> I do feel almost like, okay, is my child at a disadvantage because she doesn't have like the one-on-one -on -one with a parent? But we're doing the best we can. You know, I constantly stay in communication with the teachers, which is really key. Her teachers have been absolutely amazing. I asked them, you know, since she's at a center, 
if they could provide me with the lessons that they go through that day. So just so I can reinforce it at home mm-hmm. because I know she has distractions. So that's been really helpful. Um, my other daughter, the four-year-old, she's back in daycare. She loves it. Doesn't skip a beat. I mean, all the kids right. go in with masks on and they're just, they have their masks. They know to do ear hugs and stay socially distant. Um, and it's been going well. But yeah, definitely the kindergarten, I am struggling a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do see that she's getting bored because she's in a Zoom with 25 kids. So she'll, you know, trying to raise her hand. But the teachers, as we all know with Zoom, you can only see certain a number of kids in the screen. So right. um, that has definitely been a frustration of hers, but we're managing. We have grace, as we said this year, the word is grace and uh, we're doing the best we can. Well, actually, no, this is good information because that's one of the reasons why I wanted to kind of bring it back. And because I'm sure there's a lot of people, including Shariva behind the scenes, she's juggling, you know, full-time job business on, the, you know, behind the scenes and, being in school and working at the same time, which I applaud you all because it takes a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Tashik, I wanted to ask you because I know you've helped a lot of parents in this area with mm-hmm. the virtual learning and just helping them to manage um, doing this. So how has it been? What are some lessons that you learned or what you what have you mm-hmm. observed? So um, I'll talk from that um, realm as well, but just from the education um, aspect of it. And being um, in the consultant business, I work with different organizations and districts. So I've seen how, um, you know, they they, they um, went from remote to hybrid and now majority of them are back on remote. Um, in one particular um, jurisdiction that I work with, the positivity rate was at 12 percent and they actually had just had transitioned from hybrid. And so they had to send everybody back home again because of the, you know, the, um, the metrics and the data. Um, another um, jurisdiction that I work with, actually, um, they tried to attempt it three times, <laughs> to say the least, to bring children back on a, um, a hybrid model. And again, all the children are home. So that's where we are right now. So with that, of course, all of that definitely impacts and played a viable uh, point when it comes to the parents, right? Because the parents have to um, do so many um, pivots, as we are saying. Now they have to pivot, and for the children, are am I? Are they going to be home? Are they going to be in school? And so, just providing them that support, and I think, um, like um, Crystal said, the word around grace that we have to give grace to everybody. And as parents, we also have to give our own self some grace. And so, you know, as we give ourselves grace, then we can also give that to our children. I always say that what we produce, our children reproduce, and so. So if we are, you know, giving ourselves grace, if we are putting structures in place, if we are, you know, organizing for the work that they need to do, even for the work that we need to do, then we'll see that also in our children and at home. And so that's the things that I have been doing, Lisa, just providing some um, some help sessions for the parents, providing um, panels and platforms like you are doing as well, uh, one-on-one, you know, resources. Um, even now, more talking about more social, emotional aspects to help their children rather than the academics. Because if we lose them socially and emotionally, then they're not going to be engaged in the learning. And so I've been really doing a lot of support around that and helping with the children at home of being social, you know, social emotional learning and also having the parents to um, really evaluate where they are and how to address some of their needs and concerns so then we can address our, our children. Yeah, because I think the balance is so important. Um, you don't want to pour into all of one and not the other and vice versa. 
Um, and it's it's hard. Um, and to, uh, Dr. Tashika, I've seen some of the things you're doing, which I think um, you all are all good resources for what's going on, because at times you have to shift. Um, so at times you need help in this area and then other times you need help in this area. And I'll even say with Shariva, sometimes I just reach out to just tell her you, you good. It's just a check in um, because sometimes we just need somebody to check and make sure we are we are still all right. <laughs> we can get buried in this computer and people don't even know because we're still trying to keep things moving. So, um, Mr. Giles, tell us a little bit as a music teacher how this was for you, because I was interested to see how this panned out. <laughs> OK, let me exhale first. All right, here's the deal. I am surviving. We are surviving. We had a tall task in education. We had to do a total paradigm shift from the from the building to virtual. So the biggest thing I noticed was that we were bombarded with like all of these all of these different programs. But uh, thank God that I was ahead of the program just a little bit because some of the programs that we were using, I have used them already. So I've noticed as teachers that some of us, you know, who are in our silos and in our vacuum. Two words, creativity and collaboration. I was on the high school team for music teachers this year. We just sat down and talked, well, what are you using? What's working for you? And we implemented it. And the biggest thing was that, you know, we have we have this saying that, you know, we're we're on the ship and building the ship and sailing at the same time. It it has been a challenge, but I've noticed that for me, you know, I'm sort of upbeat anyway. So I come in with energy every day. And I'm glad that Dr. Green mentioned something about this social emotional social emotional learning thing. Every day I do a check-in with my students. I, I, I call their names. Hey, Jacob, how are you doing today? Talk to me, man. Talk to me. What's going on? What song did you listen to? Because I've noticed if, if I can just, kids want to know, kids don't care what I say until they know that I care. So I make sure that every child, how are you doing? You know, how's mom doing? How's the family? Is that your dog, Riley? What's the name of your dog? So we have those type of conversations because it's a challenge. You know, it's, right. it's a challenge for teachers, but it's a gut check because you have to see, look, do I really want to do this? And if you really want to do this, I promise my students, I told them I'm going to make this the best year possible. As teachers, as educators, we discover what what is this? The virtual graduation, the drive-by graduation, passing our Chromebooks, passing our books. I've learned Zoom, WebEx, Google Meets, this thing today, uh, microphones, cameras, you know, was a whole something new. And, and then with my students, uh, with my students, I have all kind of programs that I've been using. Let me see. I use practice first, sight reading factory, soundtrack, smart music, Kahoot, Quizzy, any type of thing, you know, to, to increase engagement you know, to right. engagement with my students. And, and today we did, we did a reflection. Uh, I, pl I played our, our festival assessment for 2019. I said, okay, students, what, what do you think? They said, Mr. Giles, we miss it. I said, you know what? I miss you guys too. They said, what do you miss? I said, I miss the music. I, I miss the wrong notes in the band. I miss the good notes in the band. I just miss you in the building. So, you know, I have to be creative. So we put together this virtual performance. So we're using all of these audio techniques and flip grid and video and, and trying to put this together because I told them I'm going to make this the best year possible. And I'm doing everything I can with every ounce of energy. I mean, I have to get myself hyped up every morning because the students feed off of me. If I get in and say, this is awful, we're not in the building, the no, students will just check out. So I make sure right. that 
I have it together every single day. I come hopping and skipping online. I get on early to make sure everything is working. I spend hours of planning. People think, oh, you virtual lesson. You don't have to do anything. Yes, I do. I put together my Google slides. I put together the all of the links in the slides. I test everything to make sure it's working. And when, when everything falls apart, I'll take a breath and say, okay, we having technical issues. Let's just sit back, relax. There's nothing I can do about the technical problems. My last example. Uh, I get up at 8.30. Class class starts at 9 o'clock. I get on at 8.30 and Zoom is down for Prince George's County. I said, hot hootie and the blowfish. What am I going to do? I had to go to my backup thing. Was what's called Google Meet. I haven't used it since this summer. So I was transferring everything from Zoom to Google Meet. And at 8.56, the IT guy said, Zoom is back up. I said, thank you, Jesus. Because it, it was going to be, I mean, I was going to make it happen somehow. Uh, you know, I haven't used Google Meets in a while. I was clicking that share button to see how I can do this. But uh, you know, we have to be flexible and realize right. that students need love. They need to know that we care. Yes, we have to do the academics, but these students want to know that, hey, Mr. Giles, talk to me. Let me know that you care about me. So that's the biggest thing there. I love it. I love it. The energy absolutely helps. Um, so I wanted to actually go back around again, Councilman Pruski. What what were some of the challenges that the students that you and you have kids that were in school too? What were the most challenging things that you kind of were like stuck at? How do we how do we answer this? Because I mean, you know, it is what it is, and this is what we're working with. And I think one, I think everybody's making do. Um, and doing it well, because even looking at you all, every everything's going well, um, and as best as, like you said, as best as it can. But what were some of the challenges that the kids were actually expressing? I know one I heard from my mentee, um, and she's um, in middle school or junior high school, but was that the biggest part was that she didn't get to see her friends. So even though school part was going well, all of that stuff was going well, but it was affecting her because, you know, she didn't get to see her friends. And then at that age, that's a big deal. What um, Dr. Tashika was talking about, that socialization. And they don't want to talk to their friends on Zoom. They they already were talking to the friends on the phone. So they're like, I don't want to look at them. I actually want to have the phone to my ear and do something else. So tell me a little bit about what the challenges were. Sure. Um, and I, I think that uh, I have a wide range of, uh, of children. So my youngest is in kindergarten, a seven-year-old. And then I have uh, a younger middle schooler in sixth grade and then an older middle schooler in, in eighth grade. Oh, um, wow. All, each one of them, it kind of gives you, uh, but first of all, the kindergartner. And this is for our kind of pre-K all the way up to two to three students. I know, um, you know, Crystal mentioning, you know, knowing with daycare and figuring it out. I think the biggest thing, particularly for them, um, is being on a computer all day. When you're that young and you have to sit you know, for hours and trying to deal with screen time and other things. It's amazing. I've seen teachers dance. If, if I could have Mr. Giles again, again, if I talked with him, at Douglas, he would, you know, we, we would be dancing on the, uh, to keep their attention because that's what you need to do, right? you got to get their energy. You have to make sure that they feel you in terms of what's going on, not only your emotional background, but socially. So as far as a teacher, it's reaching them through that screen and knowing that you care. Particularly though, when I talk about uh, beyond the, the early level, uh, the middle and, and uh, going into high school, obviously that's sixth to eighth grade, the biggest challenge for them, I think, is the social aspect, right? Those kids normally are out playing sports. Those are the kids that are going to a mall, walking around, you know, things like that. Having those limitations has certainly caused, you know, certain issues and emotions, you know, as, as children are growing at that level. Um, being a former high school social studies teacher, I understand this. 
that middle school level is always interesting, right? Where all these yeah. emotions come about, you know, they're thinking about themselves and how they interact with people, you know, boy, girl relationships, the whole thing. We can go through all that. Um, Snapchat, social media, Facebook. I've had to kind of monitor things that, you know, normally, but on the other hand, I've also let go a little bit to have some of that freedom so they can interact with their, uh, you know, with their colleagues and, and students. But I've also wanted to make sure they're safe, right? You don't want them to obviously be involved. So I, I think overall, when you say the challenges, again, depending on the age level, it's a little bit different. But mm -hmm. as I stated earlier, it's that emotional, the social piece. And it's a challenge for all of us as a policy leader, as a county councilman, as a parent, as a teacher, as we get out of this, right? The vaccine's going to start to come. You know, maybe we have a hybrid learning. What are things that we can that are low level risk that we should have our students involved? And to me, kind of the sports, the band, those things are so important because that makes them feel like beyond school, sitting in a government class and hearing, you know, things maybe they or English class or writing. Those are the kind of things that sometimes energize them. So I think that's one area we really have to focus on. If we're going to be going back into school, try and get some of those activities. Even if it is partially online, virtual, whatever it might be, I think we have to do a better job of that. Okay. Yeah, I, I actually, I agree with all of that. Um, it sounds like you're on the right track. And you actually are getting practice on the job with having a child in every almost every area. So that's how, that has to be a juggle within itself because I just couldn't even imagine. Because um, I'm they thinking the kindergarten alone. Yeah, the kindergarten alone would be like a whole new world. And then times... You know, how many screens can you sit in front of at one time and, and monitor what's going on? That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. So I just encourage everyone when we get out of this situation that everybody goes to the spa or something mm -hmm. <laughs> and take some time because you got to release this stuff. It's, it's a lot. And I will say that even without having I mean, my son is actually headed back to college um, this weekend. Um and I did, I will roll out that with on the college um, level that when he went off to school, they did do testing um, at his universe at um, Eastern Shore. So that was more of a relief um, because I knew that they were checking, especially because he was outside of campus. He had his own apartment and they pretty much, you know, it, it's a little different when they have their own apartment. So the school is like, we don't have anything to do with that. But they did the complexes that were surrounding the campus were actually working in sync with them. So that gave me some relief, even though I did stay true to that rule of once you go down to school, that becomes your bubble. Um, so no visits home, you know, unless you're going to meet me at the door with your mask on. Um, so we, we, um, yeah, I was team that way. And my husband was like, you're not going to let him in. And I was like, you know, he's going to pick up what he needs and head on down the road. He's not that far, you know, <laughs> but I mean, it's all love, but I really do think that that helped because I said, well, it won't be fair to his roommates because they're staying true to the rules of things. And I don't want you to come home for a weekend and then put them in a situation. So the, the colleges were doing some testing, which I thought was very helpful given what the situation was. Um, so, Crystal, I mean, I think you shared a little bit about the um, what challenges that your kindergartner had, even the daycare, mm -hmm. um, where there's certain rules in place that became very difficult. I know I'll mention, like, for example, with my daughter, when my grandson went to daycare, it changed. So every all the parents couldn't come inside. You had to meet them in the foyer area and exchange your child and, you know, hope, hope no one came in that little area while you were waiting. So there are some little right. things you had to adjust to. So what did you run into? 
Well, it's definitely a lot of trust. So mm-hmm. with my four-year-old, same thing. Before I could walk through the doors, go to her class, see where she's sitting, look at her little cubby. But now it's right at the door and that's it. So I have no idea what her class even looks like, how it's set up. So it's just trusting that the teachers are doing their due diligence as well. Cause I'm like, oh, well, are they cleaning? Like what's going on? But just there's a lot of trust to make sure they're doing what they need to do in order to keep my child safe. And luckily, you know, with all the new technology we're all using, Class Dojo has been our new friend. So we get pictures and the teacher will send us, you know, activities that the kids are doing every day at daycare. And it was the same thing with my kindergartner because she, um, they, they don't let the parents in the building. You drop your child off right there at the front door. So even I didn't even know, at least at the daycare, I've been going there. My oldest went there. We've been there for at least three, four years. I knew and I trusted them. Whereas at the virtual learning center, I literally just met them at the door. And then I had to trust that my daughter was okay. Um, right. So that has really been a challenge. And I think the other challenge for me has just been the amount of exposure to technology. So on the great, you know, on a good side, my kindergartner, she knows how to get in Zoom because she does book, book nook tutoring through uh, Prince George County. And okay. so... She's like, oh, mommy, it's time for my tutoring session. And she'll go in and put in her meeting ID. And it's just, it's amazing to watch a little six-year-old like, okay, I'm going in my Zoom and I'm a muted and I can do this. That's great. But it's the exposure to everything else because the teachers are doing a lot of supplementing of the classwork through YouTube. So okay. she, at the end of the day, you know, YouTube, you could scroll, scroll, go down a rabbit hole. And then next thing you're on some old crazy video. And so there have been times I'm like, because she came home a couple couple of weeks ago, I want to be a TikToker. I was like, well, what do you even know about TikTok? You're six years old. And so she was like, well, I saw it on YouTube. And so I was like, how, yeah. how can I even prevent it? Because they're using right. YouTube for class. So I can't block it like I would, you know, at home. But that has just really been a challenge is now the extra exposure that she has now with the technology. That's that's a huge that's a huge one because even if we weren't in the middle of COVID in this situation, that's still a huge one. Mm-hmm, exactly. um, anyway, so before we go any further, because we're going to introduce our last guest who came on. I told you all that she would be joining us, so we're going to introduce her. But before we introduce her and then go on with our questioning, um, let me go to a commercial if Shariva is ready, and then we'll be right back. Welcome back. And we're actually going to introduce our last guest and then we're going to continue with the conversation. So I want to introduce you before we go on to Alicia James May, um, known as the girl ambassador. Alicia James is a bilingual multifaceted executive. She's co-producer of Black Girls Unscripted, a documentary movement aimed at empowering and accurately depicting girls and women of color. She is on the board of directors for Every Girl Can Learn, LLC, and is the former chief of staff for the National Congress of Women. Uh, National Council of Women of America. Alicia is also a member of the Girls at the National Margin Steering 
Planning Committee, and Ms. James spends the majority of her time empowering and motivating girls and young women, including sharing her More Than a Conqueror chapter of Amazon's best-selling book, Artificial Beauty. Um, Alicia has merged her own struggle of abuse and discrimination with her challenging road to success. Um, Alicia has also spent four years of classically um, being classically trained as a pianist at Juilliard School while in high school, and she earned a bachelor's in music and elementary education with a minor in Spanish from Michigan State University. Um, Alicia is armed with a master's of education and counseling from Bowie State University and a master's in education administration from Trinity University. She's a former principal was born in Jamaica her was born in Jamaica to Jamaican parents in White Plains New York she refers to herself as a Jamaican and is proud of both cultures welcome Alicia to luncheon with Lisa we are glad to have you and we're going to pull you in in just a minute to the conversation Dr. Tashik I wanted to ask you with um the different platforms that you um, used to, you know, help these students. You're actually helping everybody and you are the parent um, yeah, going through yeah. this all at the same time. So what are some struggles that you found? Mm-hmm. Because actually you are, to me, someone who's had to, just like everybody, you're juggling so many different things mm-hmm. um, to keep things normal. Yes. Um, so what are some challenges that you ran across? Um, Yes. So, um, yes. So my range is from supporting leaders to teachers to, you know, parents, the whole range. And so um, the challenges that I have encountered when I look at the school level with the leaders um, and what's happening is really getting the students in the classroom. So really, you know, engaging all of the students. And so I I, I reflect on one particular um, um, organization that I'm working with now they're really focused on why aren't the students still showing up? You know, how do we get them to show up? How do we get them to do the work? What do we need? And it goes back to that whole aspect of, you know, addressing one, what is happening? You know, what is the reason why they're not coming? You know, there could be factors that we don't even know beyond our control. And so we have to inquire about that. And then once we get them here, what are we going to do to keep them here? And as they spend the effort on getting those kids back, I also encourage them, don't forget the ones that's showing up every day. How do we keep them motivated? How do we incentivize so that they can be here as well? So that has been um, part of it is really just getting the children in the virtual seats as well as um doing the work that's asked of them, you know, with us um, almost now in a year um, of of doing virtual learning and looking at the gaps in learning, the gaps in curriculum, the gaps in knowledge, you know, we're still trying to, you know, give them what they need in this aspect at at a rapid, I would say a rapid race is what what I'm trying to, you know, say. And it's very difficult. It's very challenging um, for the teachers, for the leaders, you know, for people even today, with the executive order from, you know, President Biden within the next hundred days, you know, we get these orders from the federal that goes to the state, that goes to the local, and even in the state of Maryland with um, um, Governor Hogan saying that we have to have a plan to get, you know, kids back by March 1st, you know, it's all of these things. And, you know, we always talk about in school systems, we always talk about urgency. However, I feel like what we're doing to our school districts and our 
leaders and our teachers and our parents and our students is not urgency, but an emergency. And so we have to learn how to, again, I go back to it, look at how we're being empathetic and look at the grace that we're giving it and how we're making people feel like people and managing their emotions so that when we do do this transition, it will be seamlessly and effortlessly and not like we're still functioning under an emergency. And so that's really the challenges that I see, Lisa, uh, working across you know, the board from, like I said, leaders all the way down to parents and even being a mother myself. And I laugh because my children always ask me, can we just miss a day of virtual learning? And I say, how can you miss a day of virtual learning? One, you're at home. And two, I'm an educator. That's not going to happen. And you know, and I said that, right? But it took my friend and, a, and welcome, Alicia, who's a professional school counselor and say, calm down. They can miss a day of virtual learning. And you know what? I said, yes, they can on their asynchronous day because they, don't, they won't have to show up and we can do the work at our own pace. So, you know, so, you know, to say the least, everybody's feeling it. And, you know, the, the, the challenges and the impact that's coming, you know, and always say it just comes from above and trickles on down. And then, um, you know, and how we can continue. I said, we have these challenges and barriers. What can we do to overcome them? What do we need to do so that we can get better together? Yeah, I re tell them I relate to them. You know, when I went to high school, my grandfather um, actually taught um, graphic arts in the school. Um, and all of quite a few of my teachers actually had gone to high school with my mom. So it was kind of like I had to go. OK, it was like I, when the friends were saying, let's do this. I was like, I have no choice. And I live with my grandparents at the time. So it's like, I just can't do that. I can't. Um, yeah, he's going to notice. Somebody's going to tell. And plus, I wanted A's in my classes. So it was like, I, I just can't do this. But I felt the pressure of and you being their mom is like, yeah, you all hit the jackpot. That's not going to happen. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So they did this yesterday, but their activity, they had to watch the inauguration, write about it and draw a poster. And they oh, did well, that. That's cool. I like, I like that. I like that. So, um, Dr. I mean, Mr. John, I'm claiming stuff for you. Mr. Giles, tell us a little bit about the challenges because you already shared with us that you're very creative and your energy is way up, which is a good plus for the kids. Um, but what were some challenges that you ran across besides, um, I think all of us experienced Zoom going out at work. It was like, sometimes we were like, yay. But you know, what were some of your challenges? The challenge, um, honestly, was just getting started. I think back to the first day of class virtually, because I know if I was in the building, I have some things that I do automatically that work. So it was just getting past that first day. So like during the first day, we didn't even play as much. First of all, all the kids didn't have them. We just sat there and talked. OK, you know, uh, how are we going to make this work? What would you like to do? So the hardest part was was getting started. Then I know the, the second part is like maintaining, because honestly, I mean, some days I wake up, man. I have to get on this computer today and it, it can become overwhelming. So what I started doing, started talking to my friend over at Oxy. Now I said, Mr. Harley, what you doing? He said, Al, every day after class, he gets in his car and he goes to Target. So every day after class, we turn on 40 minutes. I get in my car. I go to Starbucks. I give me a Trenta iced tea and a sprouted grain bagel. <laughs> Warm the cream cheese. I eat it in the car and I make it back with about 10 minutes to spare, you know, because I noticed like when we first got started, I was on the computer forever. It was yeah. like nine o'clock. My wife said, you come to bed. I'm like, yeah, I got to do this. I have to do this. Then I realized that I cannot do everything. Um, Teacher training. 
they introduced every platform known to man. I was there hollering the hootie and the blowfish. Do you expect me to do Nearpod, Peapod? This and I'm like, I can't do this. And I was starting to freak out a little bit. And my friend said, Al, just use what's best for you. Right. Know, use what you can because I understand. You know they have mandates. You know it comes down from the principal, from the instructional deck, uh, from the instructional director to the superintendent to the state superintendent. So they have to have things in place. So I've discovered I have to use what works for me. There, there is too much out there for me to learn everything. I, I went to this one web and I said, "Man, I want to use it." Then they said, "You have to do this." I said, "I don't have time to use it because I'm putting together my Google Slides every day." <laughs> I use Google Slides. I teach with Google Slides. So uh, every day I put them together. So I got smarter. I started putting combining days, all the A days on, you know, one set of Google Slides and all the B days. So, you know, I started putting it together. So the kids don't think, you know, we just here singing Kumbaya and we're going to hang out. No, we have to do some type of learning, <laughs> but we're going to be creative. You know, right. the and I'll say one more thing. One thing I was really happy of, I have this program that's called like sound, uh, smart music, smart music. It records the kids at home. They're in a vacuum, so they can't hear each other. We talked about it today. The danger of not hearing each other, like in the class, if someone is off, you know, we turn around, give them that funny look. But when you're at home by yourself, you can't do that. So what I did, I took all of their recordings one day, you know, because, uh, you know, I have that skill set and thank God I was doing things prior, you know, to all of these things. So I'll put all his recordings together. And we listened to it, and I was so excited. Kids like Mr. Josh said, it doesn't sound good. I said, I don't give a hoot in the blowfish that, that it doesn't sound good. I'm just happy to hear you play music. You know, and we talked about it. We said, okay, yes, you know, you're in the vacuum. You're by yourself. I asked him, did you tune your instrument? No. Well, what do you think was going to happen? So we talked <laughs> about tuning your instrument and making sure you get it, you know, as close as possible. Because when they hear the sounds, they realize, you know, it sounds different. In a vacuum, it's just not the same in a band. It is right. not the same. You know, but right. I'm doing the best that I can. So when we hear it, I was excited just to hear those notes that were off because it was music. It was music to me. Was it perfect? Heck no. But I know if you get me back in that building and we get all those kids together somehow, once we start listening, you know, and put it together. And we have this thing. I know I keep saying stop. We have this thing that we're really missing, especially in schools. It's the culture of the building. I do my best to try to uh, portray the culture of the building. At Wise, we show morning announcements. We, we have the kids, they put it together. And I, I tell the ninth graders, it's my biggest struggle because the ninth graders, they know nothing about the culture of the band or the culture of the building. Right. That's what's missing for our kids. You know, I'm going to talk about, man, you remember that time we went to Florida? Remember that time we went to Baltimore? The freshman, like, what Baltimore trip? So I show them pictures, but that culture piece is missing. So I'm predicting that when we get back in the building, there uh, hopefully there will be a flood of kids to realize that you need to get involved in something. Either uh, the SGA, baseball, softball, band, swimming, track, do something so you can be a part of your culture of your school. Yeah. I wear my jacket. We have a band jacket. I wear my jacket. This year we had, I had 27 kids order a band and orchestra jacket. And we wear it online because I told the ninth graders, this is what we do. This is our culture. So that's what's missing. So I, I miss it. That. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the best that I can. So when we get to school, I don't care how we get them back. Two of the class, two one day, whatever the case. When those two come in, we're going to love the hoodie and the blowfish out of them. We're going to show them, okay, <laughs> this is what we do. This is how we do it at Wise. That's how we do it. That's how we did it at Douglas. That's how we did it at your child's school. It's about their culture. Being in a building, hearing the bell ring, smelling the cafeteria food, just walking from one class to another. That's what our kids are missing. And because they tell me, I say, what do you miss? Somebody said it earlier. They said, uh, they said they miss their friends. And I understand that when they say that, I get sad for a minute. Then I say, okay, why don't, why don't you turn on your camera? Because I said, learning is an engagement piece. We have to see each other and talk to each other. I still have kids with the camera off. Most of them are ninth grade. 
I'm telling you, I mean, I know I tell them I'm not trying to be your friend, but if I can see you, that's yeah. gonna help me. I can't talk. I tell them I do not talk to a screen, a black zoom screen with a white name on it. That means nothing to me. I need to see your eyes, I need to see how you look. One of my students showed up to pick up an instrument. I'm like, wow, so you're a real person. You have <laughs> eyes and legs because you know you don't turn on your camera. So she turned her camera on. So I know we have a rule with, with right. the kids turn on the camera. And I understand it because there's different things, you know, different learning environments, but we're missing that piece. Seeing right. someone was like, even seeing you guys, you know, it's exciting. We have, we have a staff meeting on Zoom. You'll be amazed that adults act just like little kids. How you doing, Miss Charles? How you doing? We just talking because we excited to we get see it. one another. We get excited. And I will say when I meet with my mentoring group, um, that's one of the struggles we had with the, the young ladies. They will not turn them cameras on or we just see a forehead or, you know, it's like I, I thought they like taking pictures in camera. But as soon as you have to turn them cameras on, they're like, I'm here or you see a hand or something. Mm -hmm. So that is a challenge. I wanted to bring Alicia in and kind of catch you up. We've just been talking about some of the, um, you know, the pros and cons of what happened since the kids went back to school back last year and kind of what the lessons learned and what they've everybody's experienced now um going into what i mean it's been almost a year um of pandemic living in school and learning and socializing or not um i was going to say to um, mr giles field trips are going to be on the way come up when we go back to school they're gonna like i gotta take us somewhere because i mean i'll go to the zoo you know twice a month just to get out um, but Alicia, tell us a little bit about what you might have witnessed, even with the young ladies you work with in transitioning with this, you know, this culture of education. I think you're on mute, Alicia. There you go. All right. First of all, I would like to thank you for inviting me to participate. Oh, absolutely. And, um, is it Miss Montague? A parent? Okay, so I need to talk to your kindergartner because I need some help with technology. Um, <laughs> I am on central standard time, okay? And in addition to that, I no longer have my assistant to help with the technology piece. So I need some assistance too. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I would just like to say kudos also to parents and educators and the children who have been riding this wave. Okay, um, I have served as a teacher, as a guidance counselor, as an assistant principal, as a principal, and as supervisor of performing arts. And never during the 30 years, look, I'm telling my age now, but during those years, have we, have I had to deal with what you're dealing with right now? Okay, so kudos to you for riding the wave and to keep going so that our students can get the best that they need and that they can achieve, right? So I wanted to say that. Um, I, you know, primarily I spend time um, facilitating workshops, um, doing uh, mentoring, leadership activities, um, consulting also with schools and, um, Anyone that serves girls and youth, I have, you know, I've been working with recently. And I think one of the things that really needs to happen is that there needs to be some funds um, slated for health and wellness programs for all the stakeholders involved. 
And I'm talking about licensed professionals, okay? Because if the parents don't have um, the resources or uh, the strategies to deal with what's going on, and the teachers don't have them, and the administrators don't have them, you, th the children will not succeed. Because you have to get the parents right so that the children can be right, right? Mm -hmm. Children first, always, no matter what. And I'm not, you know, directly in the schoolhouse anymore. I'm not a principal. Um, however, I do have that experience in working hands-on, even when I was a principal, hands-on, hands-on with my babies. That, you know, being a teacher was the best position I ever had. So my hat goes off, hat, coat, scarf, mittens, everything goes <laughs> off to those teachers. But uh, again, you know, I've noticed a lot of um, anxiety, um, fear, um, parents are thrown now into the position of being teachers. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're a natural born teacher but you don't, uh, you know, you didn't go to school to become an educator, you know, that does, you know, academics, doing scheduling, all of that kind of stuff, let alone now you have a pandemic and it's virtual learning. It's very, very different. Um, Alicia, I wanted, I wanted to, um, and I'm going to throw this question at you. Um, okay. And then we're going to, um, Actually, I want to ask this question to everybody. Um, we're going to take a commercial break after we ask this question. Okay. So I want to throw this out there and have you all think about this. Um, mm -hmm. are, are there virtual guiding counselor, guidance counselors for students who may be struggling in the virtual education system is one question. And if not, what has, um, if not, what has taken this very important role in the virtual school system? So, um, and Alicia, you were kind of touching to that. So we'll start with you when we come back. Let's take a, um, a commercial and we'll come back, answer that question, and then find out how everyone can connect with you all. Absolutely. What's up, everybody? DSM Media is making our way to you in 2021. We know how important it is for you to share your businesses, events, products and brands and we want to help you we also are going to provide video ads commercials social media assistance and more let us help you spread the word dsm media at your service And welcome back. And it's not counseling anymore because we are live in 2021. So DSM Media is alive and kicking, just to let you all know. Um, but Alicia, we want to start with you and we're going to go around and, and just talk about that question because you mentioned something about being a counselor. Yes. Um, the guidance counselor still is in place. And so um, if you're needing a guidance counselor, you know, you can re still reach out to the school, reach out to your child's teacher. Uh, again, the guidance counselor is still in place. And I just want to say this one thing. I don't want to start preaching, but I do want to say this one thing. Uh, I noticed that the students that are the children that are suffering uh, the most are the ones that are ELL learners, English language learners. You know, they do not speak English, um, homeless students and the students with learning disabilities. So um, I believe that there are some things being put in place to assist those students, 
Um, I do that as well. I am bilingual. Um, I speak Spanish. My school was 90%, um, you know, um, ELL learners. Um, but, you know, I just, just want to, you know, throw that out there and to ask that everybody just, you know, really try to encourage each other, encourage those students, because you don't know what's going on with them at home. They may not even tell you they're homeless. But anyway, that's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. Um, and and I and I wanted to um ask Councilman um Prusky, Um, I do know Cheryl Washington is in the thread, and she might have. I know she. Um, I think in her position, she handles some children in that area. Um, and she works hand in hand with the 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 teacher. Um, so and I guess every school may handle it a little differently, but it's good to hear that that's that's still out there. Um, so I'm hoping that answers Sharon. Sharon's question, but um, Councilman Pusky, can you tell me, is there anything that they're working on in regards to making sure that stays put or maybe increasing that? Because I could see that the need for that is going to increase um, with the way things are, you know, kind of going at this point. Absolutely. Well, again, every school system is different. They implement different programs, obviously, throughout the state, but uh, school counselors are available. Um, and, and really, it's just the different models. So it depends on the school that you're at. Being with there, what I would say, if there is a parent that certainly wants to reach out, you could obviously call the school. They do have staff that's there. And then also, I know that they've had sessions where during a class, they'll have a counselor come in, give their information, and then you could follow up with then whatever service you're needing. Because remember, we even have high school students right now that are trying to apply for college, and they're right. going through that process. We have, like my middle schoolers, trying to figure out what's their schedule for next year. Okay. Elementary level, somebody's struggling. You know, where do I go for those resources and help? So there's a wide range of things when we talk about school counselors. I want to mention something else that's, that's pretty important here, though. And again, this is more of the, the political policy end when we have a new president coming in administration. There has been some discussion about funds, obviously, coming from the federal level to look at extended year programs. One of the mm -hmm. things that's lost with virtual education, we obviously don't have the same amount of class hours, the experience. So I, I can't speak to that yet because I think it's so new, but there is discussions at a national and state policy level to look at possibly extended school years. I know even some models I've seen where kids are in school all year long, you know, mm -hmm. now again, I, I don't want to, you know, project that or whatever else, but I'm glad there's, there's discussion, right? We all need to recognize that there are children, particularly uh, for, for my youngest, right? My kindergartner is reading mm -hmm. level behind. It's not his fault. It's not right. the school's fault. It's the mere fact that we had reading specialists and other people who don't have that experience. You just can't do it virtually. So we've certainly had to work harder with them. And we talked about parents, you know, taking that role as teachers. But I think we do need to have a hard look at that. How can we find a way to bring those kids and move them forward? And there's one good thing out of this. Maybe the virtual piece can be a supplement. Maybe we've learned something here, right? When we are back in the classroom, this is something that we certainly can do. So, again, I don't have all those answers. I'm a part of the conversation at a local level. There's a lot of people who have a bigger paycheck than me and a lot more responsibility, but I'm hoping that they take that seriously as far as the conversation as we move forward to help our children. So, thank you. Absolutely, because what I thought about when you were talking was, you know, back in the day with what I do sometimes, you know, even dealing with financial aid and things, we used to have those financial aid events and kids could go out and ask questions to the counselors and the people from the colleges and stuff. And that's happening a little differently now. And, you know, and I even found years ago that they weren't really getting that information like we thought they were. So, I mean, a lot of people had never even been to 
the educational sites to know that there was free information out there. Um, so they were out there paying for it, you know, um, and I'm sure some of that is getting lost in this virtual, you know, maybe, maybe not. But, you know, because now you don't have those people that you can directly go into the office and say, hey, I'm trying to apply for college. What do I do? Um, and they say, go to this event and you can capture a lot of kids at one time. Now we're not doing that. I mean, virtually you can, but, mm -hmm. you know, like you said, kids get lost on virtual platforms sometimes. So um, I, I appreciate that because I was thinking about, yeah, we used to do that. Now that's a little different. But before we um, move on to Crystal and then go around, tell us where everybody can keep in touch with you, find out what's going on. I know it's in Anne Arundel County, but we all in this together. Um, so tell us how we can stay connected. Absolutely. So I have a Facebook page. You can go to Councilman Andrew Prusky, just look it up. Um, I'm actually holding some town hall budget hearings. One of the things that I learned, certainly from reaching out, if I can't have people physically be there, I got to find every avenue to hear people. And sometimes it's things that I don't want to hear, right? That, that I may disagree with, but we need to realize that as leaders, as parents and other things, we need to take the good with the bad, right? And we got to do the best that we can. I'm very hopeful, certainly. With the inauguration, though, and, and obviously things going forward, I feel positive. I, I don't know about you, but I had a positive energy yesterday and where this country is going. And I do believe that there's some good things that are going to come out. Again, we still have a long way to get out of this pandemic, but I am certainly available. Facebook, Twitter, just type in Andrew Prusky, you'll find me, and I'm always available. And thank you for, for hosting this. This is helpful to parents. And you have a great panel here. I mean, I would love to have lunch with these guys every week because we would just go on and on. But thank you all for yeah. having us. It's, it's, it's a blessing to be with everybody. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. And, you know, like I said, this will be an ongoing conversation because it's necessary. Um, things are changing daily. So, Crystal, representing the parents, um, before you let us know, I know you're like, don't contact me because I got kids. I got to take care of in school. But, you know, tell us a little pardon words or, or advice maybe to, you know, people being a parent. Um, what some advice is that you give to parents as they're experiencing these different, you know, challenges and, and getting stressed? You know, the biggest thing for me, which is which has really helped is the open communication. So I class dojo, her teacher, the teacher assistant. Hey, is Christina focusing? Is there something I need to do? What was the lesson? Did we miss something? Did she answer the question? So just continuing having that continuous conversation. And we've set up meetings. We've had about two one on one meetings, just check ins. How's Chrissy doing? You know, how is she doing at the center? So like the teacher is also my husband and I eyes and ears to see how is she being treated at the center? So just continuously having that open communication has really been helpful for us as well as, and I know we talked about the social environment, the, her school has been amazing. They have pet rallies. She was Aww. on the dance team and they had a whole dance uh, winter program. And now they're back in dance practicing their spring recital. So if your school has any type of social interaction, if they're using Google Meet, encourage the parents to have their students do it because it really does make a big difference in their whole learning environment. Oh, that's great. That's great. I mean, to know that that's happening because I know last year, you know, that wasn't even on the table. Um, we were just trying to figure out whether they're going to sit in a seat. Um, mm -hmm. So that's good. I mean, that just shows growth in where we're going and how we're managing this. Um, so thank you so much for joining us. And of course, you all are always welcome back to this platform. So I'm hoping we can do this again. Y'all might have to be my regular education uh, you know, talk folks or something, but Dr. Tashika, tell us a little bit, because you have so many wonderful things and, and the things you're doing for these parents mm -hmm. and these 
these students are wonderful. So tell us a little something and how we can get in touch with you and they can. So, cause y'all missing some nuggets with these people on this panel. They, they doing some wonderful things. Yes. Yeah, so I always, uh, this is one of my favorite quotes by Nelson Mandela and it's um, education is the most powerful weapon, which you can use to change the world. And I say that because a lot of the things that we, that we have been sharing, we just have to educate ourselves. We have to educate ourselves as parents. We have to educate ourselves as stakeholders. We have to educate ourselves as educators. Even though, you know, the face of education has changed to this remote and hybrid, the, the car is still the same. All we did was just change the driver. So there's still laws out there. There's still policies out there. There's still guidelines and criteria we have to meet. So even going back to the um, school professional counselor, there is a criteria that, you know, there is what's called a multi-tier system of support for social emotional learning. And so we provide, you know, support for, you know, individual students, targeted students and students of greater needs and intensive support. And so I, I did see one of the young ladies say that, you know, the school provides that Yes. So, you know, professional school counselors are still doing classes and things of that nature, small group. Also, going back to special ed and ELL, what Alicia was saying, you know, IDEA, the Individual Disabilities Act, is still an act. Nothing changed. So your child, if they're special ed, they should be getting some continuum services. They should be meeting with the special educator. You should still be having your meetings. And I said that to say that we have to educate ourselves on every level yes. and not always just sit and get what people are giving us and That's take right. that information and apply it. No, we have to learn. We have to research. We have to educate. We have to ask questions. We have to advocate from every aspect, from the leadership all the way down to the parent. And so that is what I wanna leave with this thought to everyone that's listening, educate yourself. Don't always just sit there and get what people are telling you and, and, and sharing with you. Go back and look up what is my, what should my child be getting as a child socially as well as academically? And where, where can I, like Andrew said, be a voice so that I can advocate for what's right for uh, my school and my child as well. And um, again, Dr. Shashika L. Green, you can find me on all social media platforms, Shashika L. Green. And I put at the bottom um, our website, just put the www on front, 2 eseasonscom And I'm here to help serve and make things go right. Thank you again for joining us. Um, and we're going to keep keep on with our team, our education team. <laughs> Um, lunch, the lunch with Lisa education team. I like that. I'm gonna have to work on that. Mr. Um, look, right. I'm creating my mind. You, you put me in front of this computer and talk to folks and y'all got my mind working. So Mr. Giles, tell us a little bit about where you're headed with your students, what's coming down the pike and, you know, Hey, you might have some people that want to join the band, you know, as guest players or something. I don't know. <laughs> Well, one of the things we're working on, I said earlier, we're in the process of putting together this virtual performance. And okay. I have to let some of my colleagues know that someone had an, an assignment. So I just have the band come in the class explain them. You can't do that on Zoom. So I'm, I'm learning that um, I have to reach out to like outside resources, you know, to put all these things together. And I want to go back to this counseling piece. I know at our school, we had class meetings for every class. We have um, like if, if there's an issue with the student, realize that we as educators, we have to be that first. We have to be that first round. I had a situation today with a young man. I immediately I emailed the young man. I emailed the guidance counselor and the administrator. The guidance counselor responded because I have a relationship with them. I talk to them. So like they know me, they know that I care. So we as educators and parents, we have to talk to one another. I've been in a, as a, uh, the doctor said that I've been in. 
IEP, virtual IEP meetings, virtual 504 meetings. Those meetings are happening at our school. And I'm hoping they're happening at other schools. I, I follow all the plans. You know, the good thing about technology and Zoom, I have the breakout room. So for the students that need the extra help, I can send them to the breakout room because I have two two monitors. Your friend of mine gave me a computer and I can be there in two places where I can give the student wow, that needs extra help. I can give them the help that they need. And, you know, and they won't feel bad. They still feel a part of the band. So mm -hmm. those are things we have to talk to one another. Parents have to talk to teachers. We have to be honest. Look, we're trying to make this happen. But the thing is, I'm concerned about your child and what's best for the child. We can do it if we work together and, you know, just stop, you know, being against each other. So at our school, we have this thing. Counselors, you know, we talk, the guidance counselors, you know, the, the administrators, we talk because we're honest because we have this focus. We have to get these children through somehow. It's, it, this is not normal. We right. have to make this thing work. We're on the ship. We're riding the wave. We're doing what we're doing. But ultimately, we have to make sure that these children experience some type of success. Is it perfect? Heck no. But we have to make the best out of it. Absolutely. And that's my statement. And I'm going to stick with it. Okay. <laughs> I love it. And Alicia, tell us, you know, what do you what do you think that is, you know, some next steps that we can take in this area um, and, you know, moving forward and how the people can get in touch with you? Because um, I want to make sure that everybody who's tuned in can contact you all for any questions, whether it's specific to what you do or questions about what you've experienced and how they can, you know, use what you've done. So share us a little bit and then I'm going to take us on home. Sure. Thank you so much. Um, I think that we just we need to um, commit to building systems and strategies that connect students um, with resources and opportunities and just support equitable opportunity as we move beyond this pandemic. I believe that's what we need to do. And we need to collaborate, as uh, my fellow musician said, we need to collaborate. We need to work together because the bottom line is these gems, as I call them, have to be successful and we're responsible for them. But I, and I also think that the stakeholders need to have, uh, as I said before, health and wellness um, resources and even check-ins by professional licensed people as well. And you can reach me at, um, on Twitter, I'm the Girl Ambassador. Uh, I have a Facebook page, Alicia James, which is my maiden name, uh, the Girl Ambassador. Um, on um, Twitter, I am also Girl Ambassador. And those are the ways that you can reach me. And again, you know, I'll be happy to assist you in any way that I can. Bottom line is we all are responsible for these babies out here. Thank you so much. I mean, and to me, this is a, a full circle of from the councilmen to teachers to parents, educators, and the years of experience and knowledge you all have and having your own children um, experience. So you're multitasking all the time. And Mr. Giles, you got you got classrooms of kids. So you yeah, you you y'all are juggling for sure. Um, but thank you for everything you do for these kids, for the parents, for families. Um, I think more than ever, this is a time where we need to just work together um to to make this work because we're going to when we come out of this i think we're going to be you know embraced with some new challenges that were because of this um so we have to already be working together so we can tackle those 
Um, so thank y'all for everything you do. Um, I appreciate you coming and joining Luncheon with Lisa. I want to remind everybody that, again, Luncheon with Lisa comes on every Thursday, 7 to 8. We stream live on Facebook and on YouTube. Um, and I appreciate all of you all. Please continue to tune in. We hope to bring you shows like this. Some will be, you know, a little more serious. Some are Luncheon with Lisa. Um, but we like to have a good time. And I'm so comfortable with you all because, and I think it's because we we already had this conversation and it's kind of good to watch the you know the progress to watch the growth to watch the changes so please i hope you all are open to maybe coming back when i think the new caveat will be you know maybe the vaccinations and how that you know affects these children and what happens with that that's going to be a big one so i'm hoping that you all keep that phone you know put me on speed dial because i might be reaching back out um and thank you to everybody for tuning in i really appreciate the continued support um and yeah i'm still working on the education team so you might be seeing these as regular we going back to educate back to school then y'all will be my back to school team so yeah <laughs> Thank y'all so much. And Thank I look you, forward Lisa. to everybody next Thursday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. All right.